This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, earlier in the show, we actually spoke, had a great chat with BCTF President Terry Mooring about the ongoing negotiations between the Teachers Federation and the government. And joining us on the line now is Stephanie Higson, the president of the BC Schools Trustee Association. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. Thanks for having me, Jody. I want you to listen to just a piece of what Terry said a little bit earlier with regard to 2-2 and 2 mandate. Teachers are the second lowest paid, um, teach, like we're the second lowest paid uh, nationally. And so uh, teachers in BC make less only, uh, we're only second to Quebec. So Quebec makes less than teachers in BC, um, than it's teachers in BC. So it's, it's really significant having a real big impact on teachers coming from their jurisdictions to BC. And so two, two and two, we understand that to be the mandate. Um, we get it. Um, but there are other things that other unions were able to do to increase their salaries, and that's what we're looking for as well. So that piqued my curiosity, and I thought, ooh, I need to tag that for Stephanie later in our conversation. Can you give us an, an idea of what Terry's referencing there? Well, you no, know, I can't, because I don't sit at the bargaining table with those particular unions. But what I can say is that there is certainly an ability to help teachers adjust their pay beyond the two, two, and two, but it has to happen within the entire budget that we have to work with. So we're being provided with 2, 2, and 2 as a pay increase. Yes. And if we want to do things like make um, grid adjustments or things like that, we can do that, but we have to do it within the current within the budget that we're provided. Those things are possible and we're happy to help do that. And we really want to help the teachers meet their objectives as well at the table. So that would be the bargaining piece that the, the, the mm-hmm. teachers, the BCTF needs to give up something that costs money in order to move money into that uh, grid that they're talking about. Exactly, exactly. Can you um, give me any insight, uh, Stephanie, on the the pieces that uh, seem to be the stumbling blocks or sort of the verbiage within? Terry was referencing that there were things that were sort of stalling the conversation uh, prior to, and good news that everybody's coming back to the table later on this month and a couple of weeks in March as well. So hmm. there's a lot of good here. Um, have some of the roadblocks been removed? Sorry for the pun, given recent news stories. <laughs> You know what? Uh, I I appreciate the pun. So I think that when you ask, you know, what are the roadblocks, things that we're looking for are being characterized as concessions, but we look at them as changes. We're not proposing anything that would result in the elimination of any jobs. We're talking about uh, changing the way the language currently lays out so that we can have a focus on, um, on, on being able to talk about what counts as modern and robust student supports. Because some of this language dates, all most of it, in fact, dates back to the late 80s and early 90s. And all of us know that the students in front of us have changed significantly since then, as well as the way we teach them. And we would really like to update and modernize that language. And that's what we're trying to do at the table. And wouldn't teachers want that updated, given the fact that the classroom has changed exponentially? As someone who graduated in 1985, I can look at my son's classroom. He's in grade seven. It's exponentially different. There might be three or four kids in his class where English is a second language. He's got kids with um, anxiety issues or ADHD or any other category that might be sort of new to Mm -hmm. uh, an inclusive classroom, which I think everybody agrees is necessary. Absolutely. I think that's what the employer is trying to do. We're trying to make sure that the language we have in the contract 
that, you know, really uh, helps make sure that our teachers have good working conditions re- also meets the needs of the students that we're trying to serve. And that's what we're trying to do right now at the table. And I can understand from the perspective of the teachers why after the 15-year fight um, all the way through to the Supreme Court of Canada that they would be very nervous about changing that language. But the employer feels that it's very important for us to move that language to a place where it reflects the needs of the students we serve. So if if it could be said in a different way, with it... Uh, because bargaining class size and composition, I mean, we as parents, as citizens, we have, we've heard this over and over and over again. And at one point, at, with a previous government, th- removing the, the limits on class size and composition saw exponential increases. If so, teachers would have these massive classrooms that were so diverse. And my, kind- my kid's kindergarten teacher had six kids who spoke all different languages. No two had mm-hmm. the same first language and none of them spoke English. She spent the entire time managing those six kids. She's like, I don't even have time to check if your son is learning anything. I'm just, he's safe though. He's safe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not yeah. enough. You know, so how would we phrase it differently other than using terms class size and composition? Is that the question that you're yeah. looking for? Is there another so way we- to do it that, that doesn't sort of lead to uh, stress for teachers in the bargaining room? I think that what we are proposing is, you know, looking at keeping ratios in place, but really not having them be so rigid and set so that, you know, in in my district, I have different needs than the district down the road than the district in the lower mainland. And I would like us to be able to be given the amount of teachers that we're given right now under the current class size and composition language. Give me those teachers, but let us sit down locally in our district with our with our local teachers association and with all the important players to say, okay, where do we need to deploy these teachers best? Do Mm -hmm. we need more elementary counselors? We know that that has a big impact on kids living in poverty as elementary counselors. So let's have some more of those over here because we've got some pockets of poverty. We need some social justice educators over here because we know this area of of the city is dealing with some issues around racism, and that's really important for those kids walking through the doors. So we are proposing to have more flexibility but keep those numbers the same. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, Stephanie. Because when I'm giving you my story, I live in Vancouver. My Vancouver Mm. experience is very different than 100 Mile House. Yes, absolutely. And I live in Nanaimo, which is very different than, you know, West Vancouver or Victoria or even Vancouver. So we all need to be able to, what we want is to be able to have nuanced discussions about what are the, the student learning needs in our communities and how do we best meet their needs with the teachers we have. It is a very different classroom than it was years ago. And what I'm hearing from you as the president of the BC School Trustees Association is that you understand that and are are definitely forward thinking on how to, because really this isn't about teachers or government or associations, it's about children. It's about the students. You know, I'm also a parent yeah. with two young kids in the system, yeah. and I'm in those classrooms um, regularly watching uh, the amazing work that my my children's teachers do with the students they have. And also, as a former teacher, I was a, a secondary school teacher for a number of years in Ontario, not ever in BC, but I, I recognize the dynamic nature of teaching and really want to make sure, as an employer, that we optimize student learning conditions, but also protect the teacher workload provisions that are so important to them. I'm feeling optimistic, Stephanie. Is that is should I be? 
I'm always optimistic about this. I, I really, really am hopeful that um, that we can get a fully negotiated agreement through this this next round of mediation. Uh, I'm I'm encouraged by um, the language and the tone that I'm hearing from uh, Terry lately. And and you know we we all really want to get this done. It's it's in everyone's best interest. It's in the students' best interest, but also it's really in the teachers' best interest. This must be very stressful for a full time working teacher to wonder what's happening next. And we're committed to making sure that they have you know, good workload provisions that meet the needs of the students they're serving. I very much appreciate you uh, being a part of this conversation today on short notice. Thank you for this, Stephanie. No worries. Thanks for having me. That's Stephanie Higginson, the president of the BC Schools Trustee Association. If you just tuned in, I will make sure I tweet out our conversation as I have Terry Mooring in my conversation, J-O-D-Y Vance, Jody Vance on Twitter, and I will put that out there for you.